to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. Thank you, everyone, for joining today's episode of How Did It Do It Real Estate Podcast. I am your host, Sayla Prack. Today, we are honored to be joined by Dave Zook. Dave is a successful business owner, syndicator, and investment and tax strategist. Dave and his team at The Real Asset Investor has placed more than $800 million across various asset classes, which offer cash flow, tax impact, and equity growth for investors. These asset classes include ATM machine, car washes, energy, self-storage, and more. He and his teams are one of the top five ATM funds operator in the country. So Dave, thank you so much for spending time with me today. And we're going to be talking a lot about ATM. So we appreciate you coming on. How are you doing? Hey, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to it. Let's do it. All right. So Dave, before we jump onto the ATM investment, can you tell our listener a little bit more about yourself and how did you get started with real estate? Yeah, so I've been an entrepreneur back about as far as I can remember. I was blessed to be raised in a family that was very business-minded, entrepreneurial. And so I grew up in that, and I grew up in the modular building space. And so we, our family business is modular buildings. And I was growing up in that space, heavily involved. During my 20s, I started building some businesses of my own, with also had to do with the modular building space. And I got to the point where I built a couple of these businesses, got to the point where I got into a real tax situation. Some of the businesses were doing really well, and I'd start paying a lot of tax, and I didn't like it. Mm -hmm. And going down the rabbit hole, kind of getting to the point where I realized that I could protect myself from a tax liability if I just invested in real estate, multifamily apartments, used cost segregation studies and bonus depreciation and all that. So... I really got into the real estate game through the tax lens. I was being taxed and I didn't like it. So I went down that path, really got my mind around how to make more money, but at the same time, be more tax efficient. I remember having to pay a half a million dollars a year in tax. And I got really aggressive and started buying multifamily apartments and got to the point where I went from paying a half a million dollars a year in tax to paying zero in tax because I was investing and doing business differently. So that changed my life. That's awesome. So Dave, you mentioned that you invested in multifamilies at the times, and now your company, The Real Asset Investors, are you guys still investing in multifamilies or are you shift focusing into other asset classes? Yeah, so I had built up a portfolio of three to 4,000 apartment units, and that was starting in 2012-ish. And got to the point where I built up the portfolio and then I sold my last multifamily apartment building in August of, I think it was August of 21. Wow. And so now you're shifting into either alternative investment, right? So including like ATM machine, car washes, and different like energy or self-storage or other investment classes. Why making that shift? So I was actually an ATM investor since 2012. And so I'm a serial investor. I invest in a bunch of different asset classes. And normally I'll sort of dip my toe into water in a certain asset class that I've done research in and really start to get to know the team behind the asset class. I really focus more on the team and not as much on the asset class. 
although I do have my favorite three core asset classes are ATMs, car washes, and self-storage. And so I really put a lot of emphasis in finding the right teams to operate those asset classes. Got into ATMs in 2012. I was an LP investor with a couple guys here locally. I knew of the guys that they knew, and they were well-respected in the community. So I started investing with them as an LP. I was a couple years in, and they saw me building my portfolio of multifamily apartments, and they were like, hey, we need some help over here. We just signed on a large portfolio of ATMs. Could you help us? And could you partner with us? And so I did. So I was an LP investor for almost four years until I partnered with them in 2016. We took the fund from a small friends and family fund to now one of the top four in the space. So it's been a lot of fun and great partners had a lot of fun growing that business. And of course, it's one of our favorite asset classes to invest in today. So I want to talk about a little bit of the ATM investment where you mentioned earlier. So why ATM? What type of returns or benefits coming along with the ATM machine? Yeah, so it is a very cash flow aggressive investment. Cash flows in the 24.5% cash on cash return range. One of the other things that make it really attractive is the bonus depreciation. You can take 80% of your investment and write it off the first year. You can take 80% bonus depreciation in year one. When you consider the fact that you lose the value of your equipment over a seven-year period, that comes in at more like a 19% IRR. So unlike your multifamily apartments where you got a lower cash flow and a higher IRR because you get the sales proceed tacked onto your investment at the end, this is very different. Here, you get a stronger cash flow. In the ATM space, you get a stronger cash flow and lower IRR because you lose the value of your equipment over time. So if you're doing an apples-to-apples comparison, you've really got to look at the IRR and see, okay, what's my all-in return? And you're looking around 185 19% IRR. So talking about ATM, do you think that it's safe investment nowadays, especially like a lot of people are using credit card, online payment, Apple Pay, Google Pay, and all that kind of stuff? Why do you think that people will still be using ATM? Yeah, so I would venture to say most of the people that are listening to this show probably are not ATM users. I'm not an ATM user. I own hundreds of these machines myself, personally, and I can't get money out of one of them. And so... Our demographic of folks that use these, the demographic of folks that we serve, it's a unique demographic. You got to find, you hear the thing, what's the three most important things about real estate? It's location, location, location. Mm-hmm. Same way with an ATM. In fact, the ATM space is, at its core, is a real estate play. You're monetizing a two-foot by two-foot piece of real estate. That's what it is. And the ATM machine is just a box that helps you monetize that real estate, Right. And so that demographic of people, and I'll give you the kind of an idea who those people are. It's unbanked, underbanked, lower income, EBT card carriers, immigrants. That's our user. That's our demographic of users. And when you look at that group, one of the fastest growing groups in the country, you couple that up with the fact that there's more cash in circulation today than there's ever been before in human history. And it starts to make a little bit more sense. But no, the people who are on this show and our peer group, the cash use is in decline. But in the demographic we serve, not so much. It's actually increasing. 
So Dave, how do you sort like the location? Do you actually go into different businesses and do you make a contract with them in order to put an ATM in that businesses? Or how is your strategy to deploy all these ATM machines? So what we do is we do a lot of mergers and acquisitions, M&A. So we're taking out, when we buy a portfolio of ATM machines, we're unseating another operator. So these things trade all the time, much like multifamily apartments. There's a marketplace. You have your brokers, your bankers, your lenders, your insurance guys, your Mm -hmm. hard money lenders, all that stuff in that infrastructure in the multifamily space. No different in the ATM space. You have a marketplace. And then, of course, obviously, being top four in the space, we have a seat at the table. And so these things trade all the time. And so when we take over a portfolio, we're unseating somebody. And that's important to understand for a couple reasons. One is we're not out saturating a market with brand new ATMs in brand new locations. And probably even more importantly is the fact that when we take down a portfolio, we're not going into an area hoping that location works. We know that location's going to work. Like part of our due diligence is to figure out exactly like of all those ATMs, like we take down a portfolio of 100 ATM machine, we can look back and see the historical data on each one of those ATM machines going back a couple of years. Mm-hmm. So we can see exactly what that location has delivered over the last couple of years and what we would expect it to deliver in the future. So it takes a lot of risk out of the deal when we're going in and buying an existing portfolio over when you're trying to install a machine somewhere and you don't know that area is not proven. So more than 99% of the time, we're going in and we're unseating somebody and taking over existing ATM location. We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us, because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about, serving you, our listener, at a higher level, and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. Got it. So for these ATM portfolio, existing portfolios that you're taking over, you mentioned about that you can actually do a tax depreciation on it. So since this ATM machine possibly there for a couple of years already, are you still be able to take tax depreciation on those? Yeah. So when we purchase those ATM locations, we purchase the business. Oftentimes, we're going in and taking out the old machines. Most of the time, we're taking out the old machines and putting brand new machines in there. And so there's this lag time from the time you invest in your ATMs until you actually start getting your distribution. There's this four-month lag time. That's us taking out the old ATM machine, putting in brand new ATM machines, and we take appreciation on those new machines. Got it. Got it. That answered my question. So thank you so much. And so for these new ATM machines that's coming in, so how much are they usually cost? So the cost of a unit, a unit of ATMs is five to six ATM machines. The cost of a unit of ATM machines is $104,000. 
Got it, got it. And then for all these ATM machines, you have them at various locations. How many ATM machines total when you're taking, for example, like a fund that you're going to deploy and taking over? Usually, how many ATM machines are you deploying for that one? There can be a thousand or more ATM machines in a fund. And just to be clear, the way it works, let's say if you were to come to me and say, hey, I want to invest in ATMs. I want one of those units of ATMs. I'll give you $104,000. Okay, we do the deal. Your unit of ATM machines goes into a fund along with a bunch of other ATMs. So you could have a thousand ATMs in one fund. Those ATMs, the management pays out a blended performance of that entire fund. Mm -hmm. So let's say in month one, and right now that unit of ATMs is going to pay you $2,162 per month, okay, for seven years. It's a seven year contract, 84 months. So let's say in month one, the average blended portfolio delivered, let's say, $2,100 for that month because there is some volatility month over month in the fund. In that scenario, we would then get our portion of the revenue on the management side and make you bring your unit up to $2,162. Okay. So then mm -hmm. month two, let's say the average blended portfolio performance was $2,300 per unit. In that case, we keep anything over 2162. So it gives the investor a form of dependability. It gives them a form of dependability. They can figure, hey, we're going to make $2,162 a month. Takes the volatility out of that for the investor. We bear the brunt of the volatility. And that's how we kind of stabilize the fund. When it's a little low month one, we kick in our portion of the revenue. When it's a little high the next month, we keep the anything above the performance. Got it, got it. So if $104,000, you get basically $2,160 a month. So we're looking around close to like 20% cash on cash. 24.5% cash on cash return, yes. Got it, got it. And then what about the doing the underwriting, right? So you doing the underwriting of all these ATMs coming together like in a fund. What is like the vacancy? What are some of the risks that you see? Like in multifamily, you have vacancy, bad debts, and loss to list and all that. What about ATM itself? Sure. Some to do risk. Yeah, so in any portfolio, you're going to have some dogs. I mean, you're going to have hopefully 80% of your portfolios delivering four to 500 transactions per month and north of that. And so, I mean, at the end of the day, the numbers matter. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you have a couple dogs in that portfolio, you just got to get rid of them. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, you pay based on the net income from the fund. You know, I mean, there's a negotiation period, but you basically pay based on the quality of the machines or the ATM locations in that fund. Got it, got it. And what about the expenses? What are some of the expenses with all these ATM machines? Like if it's broken or is there a person or like a property management that's going around and putting the money in or how does that work? Yeah, so two of your biggest expenses are the supporting the location or the lease and also your armored car bringing the cash in, taking cash in and out. So those are some of your biggest expenses. Of course, then you got your maintenance and back office and some of those things. But the two biggest ones are the maintaining that lease agreement and also the armored car. But I'll give you a sense of how investors get paid. I'm sure everybody listening here is going to be wondering, well, okay, what does that mean for me? Like, how do right. I make money? Okay, so picture this. So a consumer walks up the ATM machine, swipes his card, gets 50 bucks out, that transaction costs that consumer somewhere around $3. That $3 gets split up in three different ways. 
So about 40% of that transaction goes to our management company. And then all the expenses flow through to the management company. So your Brinks and Lumas, your armored car, your maintenance, all that stuff flows through the management company. So they keep about 40% of that revenue. And then about 30% of the revenue goes to investors. And about 30% of the revenue goes to support that location agreement. So you got sort of a three-way split, about a 40-30-30. That makes sense? Mm-hmm. Got it. And then are there any other fees like asset management fee or anything on top of this or just that 40% is going to do like all the expenses and everything like on top of it or including the asset management fee that the management team is taking? No. And that's one of the things special about this fund is we have a fixed monthly payment. And what that means is you're aligned really well with management because the better they make this portfolio perform, the more we get paid. Okay. And so the more we get paid, the better it performs, the more safety there is there for an investor. So we're very well aligned. And number one, you get paid first. Anything that we've earned from those locations above and beyond what you get paid is ours. So we're highly incentivized to make this portfolio work and make it work very well. Got it. And I want to get back to the returns, right? You mentioned that to get in is $104,000 to invest in the fund, and then you will get that $2,160, right? Is that $2,160 that the cash flow coming from the ATM, or is that including the principles as well that the investor invested in? Or is it like at the end of the seven years investment, do they get their principal back? How does that work? Yeah, so... You do not get your principal back at the end of five years or at the end of seven years. These ATMs truly do depreciate. And when you think about a seven-year-old laptop or a seven-year-old cell phone or a seven-year-old kind of technology of any kind, at the end of seven years, it's time to replace it. And it can be time. It can be working well, but you got upgraded security features and just better technology by the time seven years rolls around. So really, at the end of seven years, you get, we're projecting that you get scrap value for your equipment, which is $2,500, maybe $2,500 to $3,000 back on your $104,000 investment. So really nothing. And you're not getting your principal back ever. Mm -hmm. You know, your equipment wears out and goes to almost zero. But what you are getting is a really good, strong cash flow stream. And really, in terms of principal, you're getting your principal back in your pocket you're getting enough of cash flow back in your pocket to cover your principal in four years out of the seven-year contract period. But if you consider your tax impact in there, you're getting your brain, you know, you're really getting it back in three years, right around three years. So, and that's one thing that's very different from multifamily apartments is at the end of the deal, you don't recapture your depreciation. So you really got to count that as real tax impact because you never recapture it. And so the income that you make when you consider the tax impact, you're getting your money back in your pocket in right around three years and you got four years of free cash flow behind that. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Thank you so much for breaking that out. So three years is pretty much you recouping all your principal because of the cash flow that's coming in. And then after that, the next four years, basically free cash flow from there, whatever that's coming from the 
ATM fund. So I know seven years is quite a long time, right? So with any asset investment, multifamily, like the market can go down, go up. What about the ATM side? What are some of the risks or like the market impact that you can see that the investor would, there's a possibility of losing everything, right? I mean, any investment, like you have the possibility of losing everything, but for ATM machine itself, what are some of those risks? There's a potential that they lose everything. Yeah, so you're right. Seven years is a long time, but when you can consider the tax impact and the cash flow, you're made whole in right around three years. And the other thing is you really reduce between 60 and 70% of your risk in year one. Because when you consider the first 12 months of cash flow plus the tax impact, you're getting 60 to 70% of your money back in your pockets after that year one from the time your cash flow starts. And so, yes, it is a seven-year deal, but you're not at risk the full seven years. You're at risk the full Let's call it three years. Mm -hmm. And so in terms of risk, what could that be? Because you're right, there is risk. There's risk in every investment. What could that risk be? What would that look like? This is a volume business. So you've got to ask yourself the question, what could make the volume go down? Or in other words, what could make people stop using it? We don't know that. Could it be regulatory risk? Maybe. We don't see anything. There's nothing in the pipeline that we know of. I mean, we're watching it close, as you can imagine. We're pretty tapped into that space. But behavioral changes in our demographic that we serve, maybe. I will tell you this. When I first got involved in 2012, Apple Pay, Google Wallet, some of the new technologies were just coming online. Since then, we've got Cash App, we've got Venmo, we've got Crypto, we've got Stripe. I mean, we got all kinds of different electronic payment methods. Well, the use of cash has gone up. And so we don't believe that cash is going away anytime soon, not for the demographic that we serve. Got it. And Dave, thank you so much for talking to me about the ATM funds and ATM investments today. Is there anything about ATM or ATM investment that our listener or myself should know that I haven't asked? So we covered the cash flow side. We uncovered the depreciation side. That's two big ones. You were pretty thorough. You asked me a lot of really good questions. Good job. Thank you so much, Dave. And so if our listener wanted to find out more about you or your company or the ATM like investment, where can they go? So you can go to our website, therealassetinvestor.com, or you can email my team at info at therealassetinvestor.com. Awesome. Dave, thank you so much for spending time with me today and talking about the ATM machines and ATM fund. I really appreciate you coming on today. So thank you so much. Thanks for having me. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate? We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. If you're anything like Zayla and me and believe that real estate investing is a great way to create passive income and build long-term wealth, check out our free apartment syndication due diligence checklist for passive investors at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Zayla and I created this checklist for ourselves as we evaluated different multifamily syndication opportunities as a passive investor. So we would love to share it with you so you can use it as a resource as well. Download your free copy today at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonavestcapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.